Hi, new listeners. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our new podcast. This is Mythic Morons. My name is Sid Grover. And, and I'm, I'm Matt Chaney. To- yep. Uh, we're figuring this out for the first time. This is our first podcast. Um, this is going to be kind of a discussion where we're going to talk about films um, that we like, uh, things around the stories that interest us, that inspire us, the people behind them. And kind of the way this is going to work is we're each going to bring our own point of views on these movies and well you'll see how it goes uh we're kind of still figuring this out for the first time but hope you guys enjoy um a little bit about me my name is sid and uh i went to school to just watch movies pretty much uh cheney how about you well yeah we met at the same school we kind of just were in the same res building and then we ended up watching a bunch of movies together so we kind of you know, bonded over that. We realized that, hey, we like talking about movies a lot. We think we have not necessarily important things to say, but we think we have some insightful things to say about movies. So we figured might as well just record it and see what happens. We spend hours talking about movies anyways. So yeah, talking, arguing, all that, you know, so arguing. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not share a little bit of that with you guys? But hopefully um, we can show you guys some new films that maybe you haven't seen or heard of, show you guys some new perspectives on movies or just any kind of things in general that we end up talking about. Um, And Chaney, why don't you start us off with what we're talking about today? Well, usually I think the way we're going to structure this podcast is we're going to have like a weekly catch up. So what sort of media you consumed over the week, like whether it's just random TV shows, random videos, other movies that aren't part of the main discussion. Right. But, okay. Um, this week we're not really, we don't really have a weekly catch up since I think we had like a what a three hour call yesterday. Yep. Where we talked about everything. Yeah. So, and uh, funny enough, we only recorded like ten seconds of that. Yeah, uh, exactly. But we'll try and feed in a little bit, maybe. Um, Cheney, how about like what? What have you been watching? YouTube, Netflix. What have you been watching this week? Um. Jeez, I haven't been watching too much. There's that there's that new Mortal Kombat DLC that just came out, so I watched the story mode for that. It's just dumb fun. It's nothing special. Yeah. Like I just like Mortal Kombat for some reason. I don't even play the fucking games. I just like watching the story mode. Um so that was dumb fun for a bit. Um I haven't really been consuming a lot of media other than that one movie that we're probably going to talk about. For but, sure. Yeah. Um I don't know. I've been playing a lot of online chess. Online chess, nice. So, I so I I've been playing online poker, and I was just, I was thinking even like, how could we kind of, you know, not to confuse it a little bit. I'll I'll say that for later, but yeah, online games. That's you know, we'll talk a bit about gaming and like the kind of things we were into and playing. But um, yeah, I was um, I've been gaming Death Stranding. I'm back on that a little bit. Again. Um, Again, yeah, I beat the story uh, like a month ago now, probably. But it's one of those games that has just been bringing me back to it. And if you guys aren't aware what Death Stranding is, it's a new video game or some semi-new video game. Came out end of last year. And um, it's pretty much predicted the kind of state of the world we live in now, where delivery drivers are now the most important people in the world. So I'm kind of just reliving all that to get outside get outside There's in my own head a little demons pulling into alternate dimensions yeah yeah that's exactly the world we're living in <laughs> so 
But no, nothing much. I'm trying to think. Oh, I have both movies finished, lined up. Yeah, but. we both finished um, The Last Dance this week, right? Did you end up finishing it? I never ended up finishing it, no. No? Okay. I got, so I got too into to playing chess. I ended up playing chess okay. for like three hours. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yesterday and the day before. So I've been too lazy to finish that. I don't know. It's It didn't really compel me to finish it. I don't know why. Mm. I think the... Um, the finale, like, I won't get into too much of, like, what they talk about. Uh, I'll let you kind of catch up with it if you want. But I think it gives a decent amount of closure into that end of the season for Jordan. That, that what the whole documentary is kind of leading up to. So I think you should watch at least the last episode. You know, to see where his headspace was at. Where, why, what, when he left the team and all that. That was pretty interesting. You know what slightly bothers me about that documentary is that I think it's, isn't it produced by Jordan? It is. He he definitely had a lot of say in it, for sure. Yeah, so I'm I'm worried that it's sort of fluff PC. That's you know I read somewhere Scotty Pippen had a problem with the documentary with how he was portrayed, which I don't really see how because it showed Scotty in a pretty decent way. I thought you know I was never a huge, like I'll just start off by saying like I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I don't watch like every single game, but I'm aware of what's going on. Um, I wasn't I'm too aware of Scottie Pippen before, but definitely this documentary showed me how crucial of a player he was to the Bulls franchise of that those seasons that he played. Um, so I don't know how he feels that he was misrepresented or caught I think angry he was about pissed that, off you know? because there's that 20 minute span in what episode eight where it's like, yo, Pippen's a piece of shit. By the way, this podcast is rated R. Um, <laughs> Pippen's yes. <laughs> Pippen's like a piece of shit that gave up on his team and. It went to like it cut to four different guys being like, "Yo, Scotty let us down. Scotty's a bitch," and then it gave Scotty one line to try to defend himself. True. So I don't know. It was uh, that was that was a bad look on Scotty. But then at the end of the day, that's that was history. That's what happened. So to not speak on that, I guess, and to to leave it out of the story is also, I don't know. I guess he's just not happy with the, that truth, that side of it. You know, like yeah, possibly. Or just other people speaking on his behalf, maybe. I don't know. But um, what else did I watch? Yeah, actually, you know what? I think our we were thinking so much for the movie we're going to discuss um, that I kind of didn't really uh, intake too much media. I've been, I've been writing a lot and kind of just thinking about how this podcast episode is going to go. So honestly, maybe let's just get into the movie. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yep. I think we talked about a lot yesterday too, so that yeah. we kind of got that out of the way. Maybe we should have yeah. saved some of that, but oh well. Um, it's okay. But yeah, for the the movie, um, I don't know how long it was ago, but I watched a movie called Arctic. Um, it was the directorial debut of Joe Pena, um, also known as Mystery Guitar Man on YouTube. Throwback to, you know, mid two thousands YouTube, OG yeah. YouTube, um, and it's starring your boy Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, also I love my Mads, boy. Bro. Yes. I fucking I don't know. Have you watched Hannibal? I you know, I saw a couple episodes in the beginning, um, but I never got too deep into it. I think it's because I never watched the movie. I still haven't seen that film. It's completely se- they're bit kids completely separate. Completely. Right. It's just but based it, on the same Hannibal, books that that the movies are based off of. Hannibal is acts as the prequel to the story of Silence of the Lambs or is it kind of two separate I- incarnations of the character? No, it's the same story. It's from the same books. It's just one's a movie, one's a TV show. Okay, fair. I haven't, I didn't read the books or the movie, so I guess I got to get into that after. 
Right. Um, but yes, Mads, uh, I appreciate the hell out of that guy, man. What an actor. Like, so we're talking about Arctic, kind of a under the radar movie by director Joe Pena. Uh, I just want to start by saying, like, what amazing technical filmmaking that he brought to the table on that. Um, just with the opening kind of shots introducing us to the character, like, you know, we're kind of, oh, sorry, I should say, I guess we're going to get into a little spoilery of the film. We'll try not to ruin any bits of the end. Um, maybe we'll cut it. Chaney, you want to cut it, like, non-spoiler and then talk spoiler after? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, or I'll say when the spoilers come in. But, um, yeah, the opening of the film kind of just throws you into this situation where Mads Mikkelsen's character has crashed for in the Arctic and he's been there for who knows how long. Basically we see his daily routine of how he catches fish and treks up in the mountains to kind of map out his location. But we get the sense that, well, we, we don't really know how long he's been there. We understand that it's been enough time though. Right? Yeah, no, it's never really distinguished how long he's been there, but I think that sort of lends to the strength of the movie. It's like, it never gives you the, the information that you don't really need. It really, um, delves into just the information you do need it's it doesn't try to confuse you it just goes here's here's your character we don't even hear his name we see his name yeah i, for, I, 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 I really like that touch because when would he ever just say this is my name right it was a good little detail because even those little details you know it kind of points at the life he had before you know maybe he was in the military or he was one of these rescue kind of guys or you know uh he's definitely a skilled survivalist in the film so I think all those little hints at his past life, who he is, what he comes from, those I found those very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like you said, like the, the opening to this movie is probably the strongest part of this movie, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some gripes with the movie. We'll get into those a little later, probably more into the spoiler talk. But um, the first 15 minutes, I was completely enamored. I think the first line of the movie doesn't come until 15 minute mark. I, yeah, I was I for the first while I thought is this gonna be like a modern day silent film, which you know it almost kind of is. There is dialogue for sure, but it never relies on the dialogue. No, um, it never. It never well, how can you never? Go, yeah, that, yeah. I'm not gonna get into that, but like, you can't really just <laughs> just. Um, but the way even it uses dialogue is so kind of important to the story and the themes of the movie, which we'll get into that in the in the spoilers a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it almost played itself like a very strong silent film, you know? It relied on technical filmmaking, cinematography, score. Um, the director really tied all those things in to tell the story, I thought, very well. And I know you have kind of a gripe with the ending, and my take on the ending, I can tell, is probably going to be different, so this might lead to an interesting conversation. Um, I, I just watched this movie yesterday. Cheney has been trying to get me to watch this movie for a couple weeks now and I to prepare for it you know I wanted to watch it fresh before we talked um, and I texted him after I'm like man this uh, this was a great film you know um, what the hell were you talking about the ending about because he told me he wasn't the biggest fan of the ending but I'll tell you I, I really appreciated that ending um, I really liked the movie I, I thought Mads was great in it I thought it that that opening 15 to 20 minutes is just worth the price of admission alone yeah, I was completely drawn into that to that aspect of the movie. Um, I really like the survivalist type movies like this. It's it's kind of like you know Castaway, like the 
it's it's so satisfying to see this character this main character and then he's presented with the problem and you go well how is he going to solve this and then he solves it smartly like with his like wits. logically like with his wits yeah. it's like it's yeah. it's it makes it easy to cheer for this character so yes. i i found myself cheering for the main character quite a bit which was yeah. really good um i never caught myself like cheering for a character as much as i did mads in this movie i'll be honest with you you know i look back at other and that was a great comparison you just said to castaway i was thinking kind of the same thing kind of going into it um but yeah like i'll give you a quick synopsis but mads is pretty much isolated throughout or the character mads plays is pretty much isolated throughout the film in the arctic tundra i guess you can call it um greatly contrasted with these like wide shot landscapes beautiful shots beautiful composition um and it's really just through his eyes we get to see him perform and kind of speak you know like a lot of it was done through his eyes i found the pain the kind of struggle he was going through and whether he was going to give up or keep pushing forward you know there was a lot of those moments where i really connected and fell for this guy fell for this guy there's yeah there's a lot i probably will lend credits only to you know mads because he was the guy that that you know i thought really carried the movie um i thought the director joe joe penna did a good job but um i thought maybe with without mads this movie i probably wouldn't have liked as much mads brought this sort of there's certain scenes like during the latter half of the movie i remember like i don't know why this stuck with me but um he starts to you know break down a little bit and and you see the the receiver the the sos signal that he yeah. he used at the beginning of the movie and it kind of just rolled out and it just rolled into frame and you just see mads like stumble forward going ha, ha, ha. and it's yeah, just like yeah. like just completely defeated to the point of laughing with delusion yeah but not too much it wasn't like it wasn't like i don't know how to explain it it was like just the you gotta have to see the movie it's just that slight little touch to the movie it and it's like you know we watch we're watching this movie obviously following it along but what i remember that scene where the receiver falls out of his sled you're talking about when he's pulling the sled up the hill right yeah and he kind of takes a small break yeah so when that happened i and i recalled like wow that's great way to tie it into the beginning like where his character starts um it's kind of like he's leaving that side of him behind that you know okay let's let's kind of talk about the beginning like what was he doing so for so long kind of huddled up in that plane so he he crashes in a plane a very small plane and he's been living in it um and he he does ice fishing and has these tent ice fishing kind of multiple ice fishing posts set up i guess so you can see that this has been a routine of his for a while. And it asks the question, like, did he ever try and leave before? Did he get comfortable? Did he give up? And I think it kind of hints to it later on the film that he didn't. Like, he did try and get out, but he might have failed and made his way back. I don't know that's, if you caught that. That's, um, what, I th- what I thought or what I thought happened in the movie is that he didn't know where to go because he didn't have a map of the, the map. region. So right, I'm not sure yeah. why he didn't have a map. Which is, so what was the map that he had? What was the map that he was taking the whole he time? He got that from the helicopter. 
No, but the one before the helicopter. You know how he, when he was in the beginning climbing the hills and he was making the ticks? Oh, yeah, he was just mapping his surroundings. And then he okay, used so that was the map his of map. his surroundings and compared it to the map from the helicopter that he found. I see. So, yeah, he very much strongly relies on his wits in this movie. Um, yeah. I think, but that's I think one, one of the strongest... Yeah. First correct of the movie, though, is... is sure. Um. I don't know why he didn't have a map. It's like maybe I don't know. Maybe that wasn't important, but like he was. I I wanted to know why he didn't try to leave. Okay. Do you want to get into a little bit of spoilers so we can talk specifics? Yeah, I really want to get into spoilers and talk. Okay. Specifics. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, um, the inciting incident, I guess, in the film is when a helicopter spots him off in the distance, and during this time, there's a huge storm coming in, right? And Mads's Mads's character. What's his character's name again? I feel like we shouldn't call it Mads. I don't know. It's, I'm just gonna call him Mads because it's some yeah. German name and I can't pronounce it. <laughs> right. right. Okay. I, so, yeah. and we might even be butchering Mads' name. So apologies for that. If anybody knows the correct name, then please let us know. But um, or correct way, way to say the name. Um, but yeah, Mads's character was for sure waiting for this rescue to come during the storm, and the 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 helicopter crashes. Um, doesn't make it to him and it crashes and it almost looks like for a second it's turning back on him you know that moment i was really like holy shit they're just gonna leave him like that and i didn't see the crash coming when the helicopter crash lands that was a great kind of moment where uh, there was unpredictability you know you would think okay maybe this is a movie where humanity is like not with each other anymore or like kind of gives up on each other or something like that and i was really trying to figure it out in the beginning but um, yeah, so the, the helicopter crashes and Mads makes his way to the helicopter, finds two bodies in there. Um, the pilot he finds is already dead and there's a woman in the passenger seat who is unconscious but um, looking responsive, I guess, and he takes her back to his plane, his crash site, to try and, I guess, um, give her some medicine or try and heal her wounds, right? Correct, yeah. Um there's a little literal or a little cheeky of Joe Pena to like do a literal calm before the storm shot. Yeah, that 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 is what it was. Um, that visual was really cool though, with the storm kind of rolling over the mountains. It was. I wonder how he did that because I, I yeah. Well, they shot the film in Iceland and or no, yeah, it was Iceland. Um, and I wonder how much if they ever relied on visual effects CGI to kind of kind of expand the scene a little bit or bringing those storm clouds but i honestly other than the bear in the movie there is no shot that i could explicitly tell was visual effects so props to the filmmakers on that point that they really killed the landscape shots that was my favorite thing for the movie absolutely um but so yeah he finds the girl brings her back to the crash site and that's where this movie kind of left the frame of mind that I originally went with it, kind of like the castaway thing, like this guy's going to be by himself the whole time, might go crazy, but that's when the movie really, I found that found it, its footing. How about Did, you? Um, I don't know about footing. Maybe I was set myself up too hard. I thought the opening 20 minutes of this movie were so strong that I was so excited for a movie just consisting of that, and that's not really what I got, so maybe it's just my own expectations letting me down there. I mm -hmm. thought... Um, I thought what ha what was going to happen and what I thought was established is like, yeah, he's doing his daily routine and then you have that incident with the bear where he spots the bear. Now, I thought 
this movie was going to turn into um, not only just a survivalist movie, but like a sort of a pseudo survival horror movie with the Mm. bear. Like, how is he going to deal with this bear now? Yeah, I thought that was a great little introduction when the when the bear sees him, he sees the bear off in the distance and the bear kind of turns around. You're like, oh, shit, the bear's going to come back somewhere come back to bite his ass but um, well you introduce a gun in the third scene or the first act and you have to you yep. have to fire it off pay in the it third off act, so yes, so sir. um so that the, the way the movie changed pretty abruptly i thought it was a little jarring um but then i you know it's I, it still got me it's like okay well we'll have yep. new new issue right yeah on, on top of a magnitude of issues new issue how's he going to deal with this i've been really enjoying how how he's dealt with problems thus far. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool is the implementation of his stopwatch throughout the movie. Yeah, where, what do you think that was about? Um, so, like the stopwatch of like early on, again, just just showed um, his his reliance on the daily routine, and mm-hmm. like when she came in and he had to. I forget what what sort of errand he had to run for, but he had to run an errand, and then his stopwatch goes off again, which normally would signal um, his routine to go use the SOS signal on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. But he's he gave up on that, and he moved on to helping her. So that was sort of just like it showed the character moving along, where he's like, okay, I need to give up this daily routine and start helping this woman. So it's like a it's. This character is also like really empathetic. He's very selfless throughout the movie, which I thought was good. Which I thought you yeah. mentioned humanity before, and that's yeah, that's actually that that's one of the main themes, themes of the movie. Of the that film, for yeah. sure, I wanted to get into that actually because that's definitely I think the biggest point of the film is how even when we're up against the world, you know, essentially it, it, it's Mads versus his environment, you know. It, the antagonist in the film is not the bear. It's it's his surroundings. You know, it beats him up, it throws him down, and it, it kicks his ass. And he has to make his way through that. And like we we're saying, you know, he relies on his wits. He relies on um, just the things that I guess make us human. Ultimately, is what what drives him. You know, and this is what I guess we were talking about earlier before we get into spoilers. But we're saying, do you think he left his site before? And I actually do think he left his sight but he gave up and came back you know i think he was he wasn't gonna he wasn't necessarily ready to die at the crash site but a little bit of him might have given up hope um and why i say that is when he finally takes on the trek if you remember he comes across i think like some piece of his plane or some kind of um something was buried in the snow it was from the helicopter it was it was from the helicopter yeah and he it was written on it one survivor due south right so i think that was his first checkpoint um how far he initially got and then he possibly turned back he might have given up on his initial trek to to escape because we know he doesn't have a map oh i didn't even catch Um, that yeah and you know what i caught that after reading about it after um I, i definitely went to reddit right after the movie and and wanted to get some opinions like on the ending and just to see what what that was about from other point of views but yeah, I, I didn't catch that at first either, I'll be honest, but that that makes sense to me. Um, another thing is what motivated him, I guess, to, to safety was this woman. You know, his his he had no connection to this 
plane crash victim. She, she didn't even speak his language, which I found was interesting, you know? His first interaction with her, he says, hello. It's the first person he's actually seen probably in who knows how long. And I thought those were some of the really, really great moments of the film where, you know, the camera kind of just sits very still on them, very slow kind of editing pacing. And he just holds her. He just kind of embraces her. Like this, you get a sense, like this guy has been isolated for probably a really long time and he's been surviving. He's, he's, he's a witty guy. He's smart. So he has been surviving on his wits. But up until now, he hasn't had, I don't think he's had a reason to truly escape his situation until this injured woman comes across his path. And that's what kind of gives him the motivation or gives him the, the reasoning to get to safety is this woman who has a family who has a child back home she should get back home well that makes so, sense now i guess yeah so i think that's how i saw the story is um he wasn't necessarily a defeated character but he needed that connection reconnection with humanity right to kind of pull himself back up i guess um and yeah like i that's one of the things i really appreciate about it it, it actually I can say like it's probably one of my favorite survivalist stories in that way that it doesn't have to rely on backstory it did it doesn't have to get into mads if he had a family why should we care about this guy like you immediately care about him when you when you first watch the film well he's a nice guy first thing he does is like go and pays respects to the grave of the other pilot yes i so, i really like that yeah well, he, he builds a little um what do you call it? like a tombstone almost with the rocks he, he pays his respects right and that's where so this is this is where I'm starting to get into my big gripe with the film um so I thought the just like all those things you pointed out and um many other things throughout the film um I thought the the main thesis of the film if you will like the main argument that the filmmaker Joe Pena was trying to make was you know despite the harsh conditions despite being set with overwhelming odds against the environment it's it's you should prioritize keeping your humanity yes right okay yeah i would agree with you on that yeah yeah so that that's that's what i thought or that's that's the thesis that was presented to me um Mm -hmm. there's many many things throughout the film like just that i actually i teared up in the in the first half just before he left and he takes out that photo of her family yeah and like he he you know puts a crease in it so it can stand up and like just he, he goes to leave but he makes sure that when she wakes up that's the first thing she sees so he puts his head next to hers to like check the angle to make sure that when she wakes up mm-hmm. it's that's like and there's so many so yeah, many small, small things so many small little details like that that yeah really you know drive home what i find the point of this movie is is that you know preserve humanity right yeah you don't want to lose that no matter what right it might be easy it might it might have been easier just to not take her there and just it definitely would have been easier you know and we see the events of the film like there were so many times where even i started to think like what would i do in this situation you know and we'll get into the ending a little bit but um yeah, there's so many points where I would have thought, just leave her at this point, save yourself. She's a lost cause, you know, she's injured, she has a wound, and um, in those conditions, you know, any, you could die at any time pretty much with a wound like that. Um, yeah, it's shown throughout 
much of the film that she becomes more and more of a burden. You have that hill yeah. that he can't get over with her, so he has to choose a new route that takes days longer. Yeah. He's Harsher trying to conditions. avoid a fucking polar bear, and she just <laughs> just coughs. And next thing you know, this guy has to fend off. Like, do you? Could you imagine how fucking traumatizing that is? That polar, polar bear. Are you talking about the polar bear scene? Yeah, man. That and it shows it, it, his performance really shined in that. You know, he. I I was trying to read that in in a couple different ways. You know, the scene in the beginning where he's about to kill the fish, when he's right in the beginning opening. Yep. Um, he, he's pulling out the fish from his lines. There was a moment there that I, it was so, I caught me off guard, but that kind of set the tone almost for where this movie was going. But he holds the fish in his hand and just kind of stares at it for a second while it's squirming, you know? And no dialogue, no nothing. It's all through performance, but you get a sense that he feels bad that he's about to kill this fish. You know, he feels guilty that he's doing this to another animal. I think that speaks on him as a character. You know, like... I'll just kind of visualize how the the scene went, but it it starts off in a close up on Mads and the fish, and when he kills the fish, it pulls back to this extreme wide shot of of just a man kneeling down, like everything else around him is this bleak white with jagged rocks coming up from the mountains. Like it was this very harsh picture, but a very sad kind of moment. You know, even though he's a, he has to do this to survive. It felt like out of necessity, and it felt like he did feel a little bit of guilt for that fish. And I think that comes back to the bear a little bit. You know, he after he kind of throws the flare at, in, in, towards the bear's face, um, he looks very distraught at the end of that at that moment. Yeah, because that bear almost. Uh, how did ate you him. read that? I didn't. I didn't really get that at whatsoever. Um, okay, maybe especially when he when he caught that big bit. that big trout and he's like screaming to the heavens. Yeah. Right, so I don't think he yeah. was too bad about the animal thing. I just think that when a polar bear is trying to eat you, and like he was, he was scared shitless. Yeah, that that was another part of it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like despite her being a burden, despite her making him take a day long path that almost gets him eaten, right? He he doesn't give up on her until, and this is where I think the movie starts to slip. Um, and I understand from a character's perspective like why he would he obviously would like like he thought she was like definitely done for so he just goes this was near the end of the film you know after after their long long journey he decides to leave her behind to continue on without her to to well, try to it looked save like, himself it looked like for a second that she had died or that she was at least on the verge of dying exactly you know? so that's her that's, wound was really bad and yeah right but he left her alone. Yeah. Like he, yeah, with full intention, he was leaving her. Right. So this is, this is where I think, and we'll get to the ending, but, um, this is again, where the movie stays true to the thesis where like he gives up on his humanity for a sec. He gives up on it. He, he rejects it to try to make it easier for himself. Right. And he gets punished for it. Exactly. Right. So he, and interesting about that. Where does he fall? He falls into a cave, a dark cave. Kind of right, thing. a very, very literal representation yes. of yes hell, exactly. Yeah, and um, yeah, so he and that really kind of shocked me. Like it turned into 127 hours there for a second. That scene, you know, that movie, the James Franco movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'm like, well, wow, okay. So we're getting from Castaway to 127 hours 
pretty quickly here, but it never felt jarring, you know? It never felt like we were going off of, of off a new path. It, it felt very consistent to me that, okay, yeah, like his journey is leading him here. He, he's here for a reason. Um, and then he gets out of that. And I, I found it like so crazy. Like he's crawling back to this woman, essentially. Like, you know, he gets freed and his first thought is, I you know, I feel bad that I left this woman behind. Yeah, forgive me, me father, out. for I have sinned, basically. Exactly. That's the way yeah. I read that. And again, it, that's still staying true to the thesis. That's not... Right. where um, I think the film falls apart. I think it falls apart in the end. So he does okay. that. So, yeah. Then he continues on with her. Um, and then we get to the ending where, you know, again, very well acted by Mads. I was so invested in the character at this point um, just through his performance. Yeah. Um, at, at the end when he's, like, screaming just screaming at the rescue helicopter so yeah let's uh let's just paint the scene a little bit so they climb up this hill eventually and he has to the last i guess little portion of that that hill he he breaks his leg or he very badly wounds his leg when he falls in the cave so he has to push this sled with a woman up a hill while crawling up that very hill i guess um so already what was a very tasking job walking through deep snow while carrying like 150 200 pounds behind you this guy now had to push it with an injured leg and he makes it up the um, the peak of this hill and this is where you know my gripe was like okay what perfect convenience that now there's a helicopter right there you know that's what i found like oh, okay but i did get i did get happy i'm like okay good it's a it's, it's gonna get to a good ending and yeah i'll let you finish your point what you, you were saying about the helicopter so yeah yeah thanks for bringing up that sort of ex machina um yeah it was a bit the- ex machina yeah Right, but and it didn't. It didn't totally um, go through with it like an ex machina moment. You know, it did subvert a little bit of expectations there. Right, right, and that's where where I'll, I'll get into that again. But uh, I think okay. I, I went through um, some deleted scenes actually, and oh, okay. I and I don't know why they took this scene out. But you remember when he dug out that snow cave? Yeah. Um. It there's a scene in the deleted scenes where he's using his SOS signal in there. Inside the cave. Yeah, he's using his SOS signal in there, and he gets and he gets a blip that there's a there's a there's an SOS helicopter oh, out there, I and see. then he and he runs out and he screams out to the heavens like, "Come on!" Like where? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess don't know. that would have that would have made it less ex machina, I guess, right? Exactly. Like so I don't know why I don't I don't understand the decision to cut that out of the movie. Um, yeah. You could have like it was like what it was like a three minute long scene. You can you can cut out three minutes worth of um, walking shots. Because the middle of the movie is just a lot of shots of walking. You know what? The more I think about it, the reason I think they might have cut that out was they didn't want you as an audience to feel hope at that moment. You know, like the guy had just fallen into a cave, broke his leg, um, crawling out for safety. I think in that moment, if we got that blip of hope, it almost would have tied that ending a little too quickly. You know, then you would have known, okay, yeah, this guy's about to get saved. That blip is there. Okay, boom. Uh, damned I think if that, you do, damned if you don't, I think. I don't know. I don't know. That that buildup that, you know, you're talking about pacing here with the slow walking. I, I think that was necessary. You know, we needed that tense pace throughout the film. That Kind of a, some time to think and sit with the character, Mads, you know. Um, this guy is struggling throughout the film. And just those last portions I thought were crucial. It shows, like, even through hell, even through the worst injury, this guy's humanity is still with him. You know, he's... He's still strong. He's still he's carrying himself back up that hill. Um, so when I saw that helicopter, I, I'll shit you not, I clapped, bro. 
um, I like this is a, and I'm sitting by myself in my room watching this I clapped while had that ending huh okay so yeah well the the helicopter was a little ex machina for me and it kind of it kind of lingered in my brain while I was watching the ending so that might have soured it as well um, but here's where I think the movie sort of fails I thought not fails I don't know here's where I think it doesn't really stay true to the thesis okay. um, so he gave up on her for a sec he gets punished for it um, I didn't think I didn't think he got I know this sounds harsh I didn't think he got punished enough I was I okay when the helicopter first showed up I thought okay it's ex machina they're gonna turn around they're gonna see him and then I'm gonna be happy so yeah. if they just did that I thought I would have enjoyed the ending but the fact that the helicopter flew away and then he collapsed and I was like mm-hmm. you know what that's okay because he gave up on her they're in this situation now if he didn't give up on her he would have gotten to that helicopter place sooner and they would have been saved but the fact that he gave up on her and now they're in this situation it really drives home that that final point of whatever you do no matter how harsh the conditions are you can't give up on humanity but then when i when i told you that i liked the film up until the last three seconds that's really what happens is the helicopter flies away mads collapses and I thought that was a beautiful shot of him holding her hand, holding you know, hands, doing, yeah. doing, doing yeah. the squeeze, squeeze thing. Again. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing of when, you know, the very sparse dialogue, but he says, you know, his few prominent lines are, you are not alone and I'm going to be okay. I think he says something along that variation. I'm okay. We're fine. Um, he keeps, we're fine. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Along those lines, he keeps repeating these words to himself. Um, it's a little bit about life. You know, we got to, it's like, you got to pull yourself out of that rut. You know, like this guy's by himself. The only other company he has is this dying woman and a polar bear. And he keeps telling himself, I'm going to be okay. I will be okay. We're fine. You're not alone. You know, that moment of hope, which brings out his humanity is this woman coming into his life. Um, that now he's not alone. And, you know, I thought that was an extremely beautiful shot where he's laying, he takes the jacket off himself, right? Starts burning it. This is his last flare, his last sign of hope i yep. guess like he, at exactly. that point he was ready to die at that point you know he knew he gave it at us all so when he lies down he knows he gave it us all and he's not alone he was content at that moment yeah and that's and, why i would have been content with his death at that moment see but that's where it leaves it open to you we don't know if he's alive or if he dies we don't yeah, know but if the they fact are that that, that helicopter i don't like i don't like that that inconspic like the fact that the okay so the so he lies down, they did that beautiful shot, helicopter flies away, and then for whatever reason, the last three seconds, you just hear the helicopter and it lands. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come. And I just. So I thought it was going to subvert the ending for me in a really meaningful way. And But I thought, you know, they subverted my subversion. And it was just, I guess it was really disappointing for me Again, like how the beginning of the movie was sort of disappointing for me when when the helicopter crashed. On how this movie isn't gonna th- isn't gonna be what I think it is, but you know I'm still mm-hmm. along for it. And then I got to the ending where I'm like, if they do this ending, it will be one of my favorite movies this year. 
that I've watched and they mm-hmm. it's not that they didn't do what I want they just didn't do what I thought would have been very meaningful in the moment yeah I, I would disagree with you there see if they when you told me you didn't like the last three seconds so Cheney told me beforehand basically the whole movie is really great up until the last three seconds so I was holding my breath on those last three seconds throughout the film I'll tell you that right now like the whole I'm thinking like what's gonna happen like something crazy is gonna happen like a, a volcano's gonna erupt or this guy's gonna get shot like something out of the blue that would lead you to not like it but I think you know like in a survival movie like this you need to have a good ending you need to have some kind of hope at the end or some kind of a, a line like, you know, like I, I what I kind of like about it is it's not a happy ending because we don't know if he's dead. But we do know he got this woman um, to, to this hospital where she can now get medical assistance, get back to like she can get resuscitated or whatever and get back to her family. I think that was his purpose throughout the film. And he accomplishes that, you know, his life at the end of it was almost kind of to the side like he put himself to the side and he accomplishes a mission by saving this woman or at least that's how i read it we don't we don't know for sure if he dies or if the woman dies but there is like a 30 seconds of empty space before the helicopter lands so we can assume that once they get in the helicopter they might resuscitate him and he comes back to life and all all good happy ending but you know like you were saying um, the three seconds disappointed you. I think it would have disappointed me a lot more if that helicopter didn't land and it just closed on those two guys holding hands or the two people holding hands. I At that point, I wouldn't have clapped. I would have been, fuck, really? Like, where is that hopeful ending? Where is that, you know, we're, we're going to be okay? And I, not, I don't want to pander to the point that all movies have to have good endings or hopeful endings, stuff like that. But in a survival movie, when you're, when you're kind of with this character for so long feeling his pain, feeling his struggle, you want him to kind of have a little bit of like, hey man, you did it. Like you you accomplished what you set out to do. Good job, you know? A little pat on the back. That's why I clap because the ambiguousness aside, it gave me the hope that in my mind I could continue the story forward, you know? Right, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily sad about the ending. I was happy that the character got a good ending, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought... You know, and maybe like this is this is where I'm I'm looking for more Joe Penna movies in the future. I want him to take that risk, right? I I agree with you. I think um, for a film that I think at moments was pretty it was pretty risk taking, in the sense that you know it's essentially a silent movie throughout, and um, this is a first time director or first time feature film director. Uh, which I think for a first-time feature film, for to have the balls to say, we're going to go to Iceland with Mads Mikkelsen and a polar bear and a character who doesn't talk pretty much throughout the entire film, um, that's a lot of confidence on the director, a lot of pressure to say, how do we tell this story, get all of our ideas across, have you feel connected to the guy, and then you know hopefully clap at the ending. And I think he, he accomplishes that pretty well. I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of movies he makes next. Right, and I... I thought he, he he made a good cohesive movie that I really enjoyed watching throughout. It made me laugh, it made me tear up. Um, yeah, but, it had the full range of emotions. Even yeah, it it was funny at times too. You know, when he's holding that trout up, I felt happy for him. I was oh, like, yeah, dude, I was yeah, like, man. I was. That was one of the highlights of the film for me. That that yeah. part there. And then he tells the he tells the woman, "You got to try this Alaskan trout. It's Alaskan trout. Like, come on, you got to try it." Then, then he says, this? "Then he says with noodles." With noodles, yeah, with a cup of noodles. Yeah. He, so one of the two crucial things are ramen noodles um, in the film, 
and fish. So that was that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that that was a pretty funny scene. So yeah, but like it, I'm not saying it's a it's a bad ending. I'm just saying from yeah, you don't you don't think it held up to what it was setting. But yeah, I kind of I'm wondering we're kind of expand on that. Like, how do you think it it it, it um kind of bailed out on the the story it was telling or the theme that it set up like what in that last three seconds failed itself to you so huh if if he didn't give up on her like like he was supposed to um in that one moment they would have been saved so the fact that when i thought this was when i thought he wasn't going to be saved when i started to rationalize that um, I was like, okay, that makes sense because he gave up on her and because he gave up on her, because he renounced his humanity for that second, mm-hmm. like he hadn't been throughout the movie. He had been, he had been keeping it no matter what, no matter the cost, this, he was extremely, um, empathetic to humanity, to his fellow man. So the fact that he gave up on it, um, and he got punished severely, with his broken leg but I thought you know while I was rationalizing as the helicopter is going away I was like okay that really that just makes a lot of sense and I I gave Joe Penna like the balls for making a bittersweet ending mm-hmm. because but what would be bittersweet about that like at the end of the day that if that if what you're saying would have been the ending then it's like saying all that was for nothing well it's like it he lost his life but not his humanity Sure. Okay, I see that. Um, but you know where you say he f- he if he didn't leave her and he would have survived, that wouldn't make for a much of an interesting movie because he we wouldn't have seen how okay like he's he's letting go of this his humanity. You know, he's letting go of this woman, um, and he's going off to do it by himself. Like you know, if we didn't get that kind of side of his character, I don't know if we would have felt as much for that ending. No, that's what um, I'm saying. I'm not saying he shouldn't sense, have done that. No, no, but in the sense where you say, like, he, he, he should have been punished a little more, like, you know, you could argue he was. We don't know if he survived or not. You know, he could have died in that way. Like, you're right. If he if he had pulled it across, he wouldn't have broken his leg, and it could have been happy ending for the both of them. But since he kind of went down that road, fell falls on the cave, like, you know, we see his wound on his leg, and... It, they establish it early on, like in these conditions with a wound like that, you you won't necessarily survive very long. And all he did was put ice on it to stop the bleeding, and that was it. So he very well could have just died in that moment. And he succeeded his mission, and hopefully, if you want to read it in this way, but hopefully that woman survives. And his humanity paid off in, in this woman, and she gets to go home to her family, you know? Um, I think that was kind of that was on point with the story they were trying to tell like it didn't it didn't for me at least it didn't flop on the on that cave bit like that that cave scene was so important because it shows because he did that it slows him down but he has to push back harder he has to work harder to bring his humanity back you know and he doesn't give up at that point either he takes his jacket off he's ready to die he's ready to freeze to death to get this last signal out there and it pays off for him you know right i think I'm trying to think of an analogy here. So imagine going through a very good meal. You have a good appetizer. Sorry, a great appetizer, a good a good meal. And then when you get to dessert, you're presented with this creme brulee of a dessert. 
from my perspective at least, this mm-hmm. extremely non-typical, expensive, very risky, hard-to-do dessert. Um, they show it to you, they wave it in front of your face, but then they put vanilla cake on your table. You still get vanilla cake, but it it's not that creme brulee, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I would just disagree with you on that, man. I, I say we got that creme brulee. I would say we definitely got that. I thought it was a very vanilla ending. It was a safe ending. I won't I won't deny you on that. But I think for the movie it was trying to be, and this is just where our points kind of contrast, but for the movie it was trying to be, uh, I think it was the ending it needed. I don't blame know? him for doing a safe ending. This is his, this is his fucking directorial debut, and that's why right. I'm looking forward to more films from him because I feel like he'll be able to be a little bit more risky in the future. Yeah. and not so Hollywood vanilla so um, I get that that's just my yeah that was my main gripe with the, with the ending there yeah no that's fair that's fair um, I think it, that that's it turns into an almost different story at that point if the helicopter leaves it, it, it truly does become about your humanity at that point um, but I, I know I wouldn't have clapped if that helicopter had just gone and the movie ended on that frame I, I think I would have had a different experience at the end of that you know, and, and just because of how subtle that last shot is, it's really like as soon as the helicopter touches down, the screen cuts to black and you're just left with this. You're left with feelings of hope, but also at the same time, like, fuck, did he die? Like, you know, you're, you're almost sad a little bit. Like, he doesn't get to see this pay off if he's dead. Like, I don't know. I felt I felt a mix of emotions at the ending, which is why I liked it. You know, I, 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 I think a sign of a good movie for me is if when the movie ends, the story doesn't necessarily end there. You know, the story can keep going forward. Um, and it, that's in your head. You know, you could always uh, have different routes for the characters or the world kind of still keeps moving. And if 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 they just died there, if they just kind of ended on that final shot, then there's not much you can go with that. Then, then it's very finite. But that lasting stand of hope with that helicopter landing but still ambiguous enough where you think you know that could have still all been for nothing i think it still holds through true to the themes it sets up but yeah i i i clapped man i definitely was a range of emotions at that ending well um cool i don't know i i, I think i i sort of ranted off everything that I had a problem with the ending there, just yeah. just just the fact that maybe it was, I don't know, it was a good ending. Maybe I set myself up. My, my I, I let myself down, set by the expectations that I that I put myself on. So what were you when you were watching the film? What were you kind of thinking? Where what direction is this going? You know, I was kind of thinking of that constantly because there was a lot of forks in the roads. Um, where were you? Th- where was the film heading for you? Oh, the entire movie, I was like, well, how the fuck is he going to, like, solve this? Yeah. Well, right? that's that was the, the great part about it. He relies on his wits. It's all just the things he has at his disposal he has to use. Right, right? and that's kind of, like, the disappointing thing about the helicopter just showing up. Is like, he didn't, he didn't, that wasn't because of his problem-solving skills. It just happened. No, that that's exactly, that was an ex mocking a little bit with the helicopter just there. Um, I mean, I guess, like, because she's part of the helicopter rescue team, the woman he rescues. Um, so I guess they're looking for her. Yeah, that makes I, sense. Honestly, I just, yeah, I just don't, I, I just don't like how it. Sh- I think, I think, um, 
the director wrote himself into a wall a little bit. Like, he stacked the odds so high against Mads' character and the woman that it's... it you kind of almost needed an ex machina to solve that movie. Yeah. And I thought that very early on too, there was a lot of moments I thought like, he's really writing himself into a corner here. Um, that's what I thought. You know, that's a brilliant thing about writing is you can, you don't necessarily have to come up with ex machina moments. Like I can see that was kind of it, but throughout the beginning of the film and now the more that I think about it, I guess that ending is a little bit, safe but throughout the film the writer who wrote this film actually did joe penna write this film i felt like he hold on i'm just gonna google that right now yeah so director joe pena and ryan morrison writer yeah so it's i don't know who ryan morrison is but him and joe pena wrote so he he was involved in the writing obviously uh, i thought there was cl- like like, when the first helicopter comes, and, you like, that's where I thought, okay, wow, like, X walking a moment here, you know, it's just coming. But then it crashes, and, you know, that's, like I said, that's where the story kind of begins, is he doesn't give his, he doesn't give the protagonist everything he needs, but he gives him his motivation in that moment. You know, that was the creative thing about that, that I felt. That he gives, he sets up his motivation, the character's motivation in a very creative way, like... Uh, right despite it being like an unfamiliar environment to us it's pretty much established that you know with the stopwatch and with showcasing his daily routine that this is kind of it's not a comfortable situation it's a familiar situation to him and introducing this unfamiliar situation sort of pushes him into that um that uh hero's journey circle there that that hero's journey arc is that that's the quality of the adventure is, is the helicopter crash which really forces him into the story yeah because before that we're really just thrown into the story and seeing this guy's routine you know he has no he has no real like the, it's not really set up like this guy's trying to get out of his situation it, it really establishes he's here and this is his life yeah and you know, I, was, I mean that was... actually let me let me back that up but he does try and get out because he's trying to make contact right like he is trying to signal for a helicopter come but that's about the extent of it so it is when this helicopter rescue crashes down um and he gets that he gets that sign of like okay yeah you know like we got to get out of here now we we really got to get out of here now i don't know i yeah yeah so um i thought overall i thought it was a great movie though i got to say uh like i think this is one of the fate like my, my favorite films that i've seen this year even though this movie came out in 2018 I had not heard of it when it came out. Uh, I remember seeing a trailer I, for it, and it just went to it. It always stayed. It what like it? I forgot it completely, but it always stayed in the back of my mind. And then when I saw it was on um, Amazon, I just sort of like, well, now I have to watch it because I know I, I knew I really wanted to watch it after the trailer. The, I think this this is like one of those movies that really would have benefited on like in a theater. You know, it's the environment plays such a role. Like it is a character in itself the landscapes is again i'll go back to like the technical side of the filmmaking here but there's so many wide shots and not just for wide shot sakes you know and how did you feel about the score in the movie how i was actually just about to say like the yeah sitting in a theater i thought that was just yeah sitting in a theater would 
benefit listening to that score so bad. Like, when he catches that trout and, like, I don't even know what... It might have been... It was, like, some type of brass horn, and it just quelled up. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, the score here is is great, and it, and it fits perfectly. It's, like, it's never too intrusive though too no it's 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 almost like dialogue in itself it's almost like internalizing or sorry it's almost externalizing how mads feels you know it's not telling you as an audience feel sad or feel happy it's really showing how he feels inside and that's why when i said the thing about the fish in the beginning of um you know he kind of maybe felt sorry for the fish the reason i felt that was because of the score you know the score kind of rises up from a point from that point he's looking at the fish and but it's very quiet it's very somber um while he's just eyeing it he's just staring at it in his hands and it's it's dying in his hands and the scores kind of come it just kind of rises little 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 bit and pull back to an extreme wide shot and now it's it's just the score and this environment and he's killing the fish and it's just very bare bones it was just very uh raw and brutal you know now that you've jogged my memory i think i think it was like he was disappointed that it was just so small and this is his life now and he just has to eat it (laughs) that's that's probably what it is actually now that i think maybe i'm looking too deep on the emotional side but he's probably like fuck i another tiny fish like really yeah i've been doing this shit for a week maybe he's just fucking tired of fish that's all he's been eating cold fish yeah when he gets the when when the when the um well, I didn't even know it had like four country flags on it, the helicopter. Mm-hmm. But anyways, when like when the 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 uh, Asian helicopter crashes, it was like some sort of Asian Arctic team with Korea, China, Japan, and um, oh, I don't know, one other country. Anyways, they crash, and of course they have ramen cup noodles, and he just yeah <laughs> he rips it open and he just. Shoves some noodles in his mouth, and he go, and he just yeah. has that little. Oh. Yeah, I love that man. That was such a that was a great moment because that reminds me. I'm not gonna lie, that reminds me of back to school days back in uni. Uh, Obviously, anytime I'd cut, yeah, anytime I'd kind of like, I don't know if, if this is a normal thing or not. And I might just be make, painting myself as a super weird guy, but I if I'm just like kind of lazy to cook ramen, I'll just crack that shit open and eat noodles raw, like right like exactly how he did it. So. I, I found a really personal connection to that. I, I definitely felt him in that moment. Like, yeah, that, that was a really proud moment. I was like, I've been there, bro. I, I feel you, man. Like, just eat that shit down, bro. You're one of those guys, eh? Yeah, yeah I guess so. You know, I. it's not bad. I'll be honest with you. It's it's pretty good. It's like chips. It's like eating chips. Wait, just too, like, what? You just wait so What I lazy? do is, well, I don't even want to say lazy. It's just like another way of eating it, I guess. I think, okay, this is what I'll be saying. It began with laziness, but then it slowly evolved into its own thing for me. So what I do is I'll, I'll crunch the, the noodles up in its packet, pour it into a bowl, prank, sprinkle all the spices in it and mix it up and just like eat it kind of like chips or like popcorn. And everybody tells me like, man, you're going to be like shitting for a while if you eat like that. And I'm just saying like, you know what? When that con- time comes, then we'll face the music. But... No, it's pretty good. No, like honest. regular cooked ramen noodles. Mr. Noodles is bad enough. I can't even imagine what that's like doing coagulating in your stomach. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, people have told me like my, I have like an iron stomach or something. I'm just not susceptible to, I don't know, raw food. You like know what? That. That's know. something the movie never explored. How did Mads poop? We never saw that. 
Never saw that. He ate that ramen. You knew you that should have been an obstacle in the movie. That would have been cool to see. Actually, now that the more <laughs> it would have been cool to see him poop, but now it would have been cool because you know, like taking your bear out ass out in that environment would have been really shit. Like, sorry, the pun sucked there, but it would have been a really terrible situation to kind of just expose yourself like that. So I wonder I'd if really he literally just how. shit his pants. I can't look at that movie the same way now because now he's oh, now you just I, look at all I the hate that <laughs> I hate that you posed that question man now the next time I see that he's like waddling like his steps make a little more sense now like, like those oh, marathon runners that shit themselves <laughs> what I, that's a thing bro yeah so you don't know about that no okay. is, is this happening when you like, when you buy or? like marathon runner or long distance runner shorts um, a lot of them come with little poop sacks in the I back I did not know that it's like a it's like a it's like you put them on and it there's a little um, sack that goes over your butthole area so if you're running a marathon and you have to poop you can just let it go well I don't know how we got into so, such a poop conversation but Ramen. that's interesting I'll, I'll keep that in mind for the next time I think about running a marathon that I mean that's ingenuity right there that's technological advancements that's finest but overall um, I don't really like giving letter or number grades for movies because yeah it really depends let's, on when i'm watching well it. i don't know yeah let's not rank movies like that let's not you know i see a lot of people that say oh eight out of ten or a plus movie like i really enjoyed this movie i i i would recommend this movie to people who just want to enjoy a movie like if you like castaway you will like this movie and if you want a movie where you know you kind of want some hope or just you want to sit through this this emotional ride this is a movie to watch Right, and I'll this movie, also, I, I'd recommend this movie as well because it's you know, it just. I'm happy you recommended it to me. Honestly, thank you for telling me to watch it because well, yeah. I, I really, I really like after watching it, I felt really happy. For some reason, like I was really, uh, like I said, a sign of a good movie. Like for me, is I'll, I'll just go right onto the internet and start googling everything I can about it. Yeah, same here. I went, I went right? immediately to like deleted scenes and stuff like that. Just okay, I yeah. wanted to I, learn. I didn't more. even see that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go to. I definitely recommend this movie. Um, it's um, it's a roller coaster, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I I definitely think it drags in the middle, a little bit, to where mm-hmm. like it just keeps piling on problems. You don't get those small triumphs like you do in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like every but th- everything. That's what makes sh- it. I think that's what makes it special. The small triumphs really count. You know, the trout, him catching the Arctic trout, that was a big moment you know for for the audience even and that's why i think the beginning i think is the strongest like would you agree the beginning is like the strongest portion like the first the first third quarter to third uh i would say right after he like i i love the opening i have no problems against the opening i i think my favorite parts was him figuring out um actually you know what i i really like the conflict of of him deciding whether to carry on with or without the woman I gotta say that's my favorite part of the movie, because when he comes back, he he weeps like he's crying. He feels so bad about what his actions were. I thought that was a really great moment. Yeah, but I you know what I agree with you, and this is the thing of a first time filmmaker is first acts are typically the strongest, second acts are also strong, but third acts are tend to be where films might fall a little bit or they might lose their kind of what they're trying to say. And I wouldn't say that it loses itself in the third act. I think the third act is still strong. But, yes, it, it, it was slower. It was 
um, it had the stakes, I guess, but you kind of at that point wanted wanted him to get to his destination. Like the journey had been long enough at that point. You know? Yeah. So, so I'd 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 recommend this movie just for the beginning. Um, it does get a little depressing throughout the middle. Like it, it can really drag your mood down. Um, and then depending on your, I guess your personality, how you feel about the end, but. Um, definitely recommend this movie and uh yeah yeah uh so yeah just uh this was our first podcast guys we're gonna set up some social media so hopefully by the time this comes out we'll have an instagram page up and running and you know we'd really love for people who listen to this uh they can interact with us you know talk about if you guys watch the movie after please let us know how you feel about it if you agree with us disagree with us how how is the ending for you um, if we completely spoiled it and now you don't want to watch it, then sorry, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think you should definitely still give this movie a shot. Because we did not get through the whole thing. We did not spoil the entire movie. Uh, it's worth watching even still just to kind of see the human spirit in its finest in that moment. You know, It's worth watching just, just for Mads' fucking performance. It was incredible. That too. That too. That's Mads Mikkelsen can become your favorite actor after this movie. That's no doubt. He's He's up there for me now, you know. Um, I really liked him in Death Stranding. He's in that game. And I loved him in that game, to be honest, actually. And watching him in this, it's it's really having me pay attention to him as an actor and what roles he kind of chooses now. Um, yeah. I'd recommend you start watching Hannibal on Netflix then. Yeah. I've how, s- how many seasons is that? It's three. Three, three, oh, okay, three good seasons. Like, good, good seasons. Yeah, okay. It's it's like honestly after Game of Thrones shit the bed it's my favorite TV show. Have you watched Dexter? No, I haven't. No, it's okay. I, I'm uh, guessing it's I've watched scenes from Dexter because I've heard about it and I wanted to see mm-hmm. like you know what's this whole thing about. It's very Dexter like because yeah, one of the main characters Hannibal is a serial killer. So yeah, so um yeah um so I think there's one thing we're gonna do throughout this podcast is we're not really gonna it's like i'm gonna say assign homework i guess um sure well let's not call it homework no that's what we're i'm gonna saying. assign we're gonna basically kind of wrap it up by giving each other a movie suggestion to watch for the next episode so cheney's gonna tell me another movie that i should check out and i'm gonna tell him a movie and then basically the next episode we'll discuss two movies um and it, in some situations it might be a movie that cheney's never seen and it might be a movie i've never seen um, so it's going to always bring these different viewpoints, first time viewer kind of viewpoints versus experience viewpoints. So it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic. And we really hope you guys kind of interact with this podcast, you know, share your opinions on films, films that you would like us to talk about. We'd really love to see suggestions also. Um, so Cheney, what movie would you say you'd want me to watch for next week? So I'm going to start, um, diving because i really want to re- rewatch no country for old men but i don't want to go into no country for old men um dry if you know what i mean no like i know that's sort of like a grotesque analogy but um i really want to i know no country for old men's like a a very bitter twist on western movies so i'm going to start diving into some more western movies so okay the movie i'm going to watch this week it's i think it's on amazon prime for for like no subscription just it's on it um i'm gonna watch true grit okay with i've not seen that yet um oh what the what's his name jeff bridges jeff bridges yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch true grit okay 
And uh, so uh, I, I put this on my Instagram page today and it's really relevant, I think, to what the situation of the world is without getting too much into politics and stuff. But the movie I would suggest to watch is this French film called La Haine. Uh, I'll text it to you after if it's not clear here, but um, basically it's set in, it's, it's, it was made in 1995 uh, by this filmmaker named Matthew Kasovitz. I saw it for the first time in, I think, like my second year at school. And, you know, it was just one of those films that was so visceral. So, like, I didn't know films like that existed. It, it really deeply impacted me in, in the sense of, like, what filmmaking could be, how loose you can make movies and uh, just kind of a little, a little personal side. Like I, I, I write my own films and I make movies at times. So for me, this was a movie that really kind of showed me what the capabilities of film were, especially French cinema. This is my first take on French cinema. So I will, I'll suggest to you to watch La Haine. Okay. Yeah. Just text me after cause I need, a I'll little, text you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like we said, we're going to get some social medias ready. Um, we encourage you to also watch the movies as as we watch them so you can sort of stay fresh with our conversations as well. Um, but yeah, this is our first kick at the can. So hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah. And um, I don't even know how to sign off on this thing. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to come up with the proper intro and outro while this thing goes. You know, this is our first episode. So, you know, if you guys want to give us feedback on it, that's cool. Um, so just simply say, see you, see you next week. How about that? Yeah. See you next week. All right. Take care.